0: ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music, and
1: more.
2: From day one, when I purchased the holiday house on Tebejima I knew some kind of mystery that had been there for 180 years.
3: When the pirates appeared... The locals used flags from their community festivals to make it look like they were the first line of defence.
2: And over two years investigated it and finally I found that it was this this ship from Tasmania.
4: When historian Nick Russell moved to the Japanese island of Takashima, he stumbled across some documents. They described a rare encounter between convict era Australia and isolation era Japan. Hi, I'm Kirsty Melville, and today on The History Listen, a dramatic story that's lain hidden for two centuries in samurai manuscripts. It details the arrival of a ship all the way from Australia, sailed by escaped convicts from Van Diemen's Land. The year was 1830, a time when Japan was closed to all foreigners. Tim Stone and Aya Hitano travel to the site in Japan where this fascinating historic encounter took place. Here's part one of Through Samurai Eyes.
5: Sakuyu, Funa I've been suspicious of the ship since it arrived yesterday afternoon. Its color seems to have changed, and through my spyglass. I can see a floor halfway up the mast, where the barbarians climb up to look out. And the men on the ship, they do not look hungry at all. In fact, they seem to be mocking us by diving off the stern and climb back up. It is strange that since yesterday, Sawaro and everyone who gets closer to the barbarian ship returns feeling pity for them.
6: The Japan chief gave not to understand that unless we went off before the sunset, they would fire into us.
5: This ship does not appear to be drifting up and down the coast. I think they are pirates. We should crush them.
7: For almost 200 years, a small fishing community in Japan wondered what became of a barbarian ship that spent 10 days interacting with locals before it was forced to leave in the hail of cannonballs and musket fire. For some in the community, it's something they'd rather forget, and they might have, but for the effort of two samurai artists who recorded every interaction, every encounter
3: in great detail. The only thing we knew about the ship is it had an English flag. Personally, I thought it was a ship direct British ship that had drifted off course. I thought, unfortunately, they were hit by Japanese cannonball and they sunk into the ocean. What has just come to
0: light thanks to some great detective work by a Japan-based British historian, is that the barbarian ship, fired upon by Japanese soldiers in 1830, was in fact the Brig, the Cyprus, a British ship seized in Tasmania by a crew of mutineering convicts who sailed off into the Pacific, hopefully never to be seen again.
6: Fellow prisoners, now is your time. Six opportunities of escape you suffered to pass unnoticed. Surrender the ship, and I will think no more of this business. The ship is no longer in His Majesty's service, Lieutenant.
0: In many ways, we're lucky that the Cyprus arrived in Japan in the year that it did, 1830. A time of relative calm in the Japanese Empire. During peacetime, many Japanese people studied poetry and art, including samurai. And for this reason, we have two meticulous manuscripts recording the arrival of Captain William Swallow and his convict ship off the coast of Shikoku, a large island in eastern Japan.
7: The first samurai manuscript, an illustrated account of the arrival of a foreign ship, was written in 1830 by Makita Hamaguchi, a samurai
5: artist the foreign ship first appeared 50 kilometres of Nose Tosa on the 11th day of the 12th month of the 12th year of the Emperor Bunsei.
0: And how was the mystery of the barbarian ship solved? By comparing the samurai manuscripts with the testimony of the convict sailor, William Swallow, who along with four other men was arrested in England in 1830 for the theft of the prison brig, the Cyprus and put on trial for piracy. During the trial, Swallow gave a full testimony of the mutiny in Tasmania, his seizing of the Cyprus and his voyage to Japan.
6: Across the equator and ran north to latitude 38 degrees and made the coast of Japan, being in want of wood and water and the ship being out of repair and having all her sails nearly split to pieces.
7: At that time, Japan was a close country to foreigners, and Swallow's claim was never believed.
0: But now his wild story has been corroborated by the discovery of matching accounts by the samurai artists.
7: Hamaguchi's manuscript and Swallow's testimony are a record of first contact between Australia and Japan. Tim and I decided to dig deep into this story and the 10 days the mutineers spent off the coast of Japan. We've come to Japan, to the country of my birth, to see the samurai manuscript and meet the people bringing this history to life.
0: Our first stop is a meeting with Nick Russell, the British historian who discovered the connection between the voyage of the Cyprus and the manuscripts of two forgotten samurai artists.
7: Nick lives in Hyogo prefecture, Halfway between Osaka and Kobe, and only a few minutes by train from where I grew up.
0: Hello, hi Nick. Hi, konnichiwa.
2: Hey. Hey. Doshiko. So yeah, unfortunately, that restaurant's closed today. Okay. Uh, which is not so. <laughs> I think the, the history around the two manuscripts or recorded in the two manuscripts existed in isolation because the Japanese, they didn't pursue it because they didn't feel it ended in a happy ending. They thought that probably the ship sank. The reason that no Australian researcher had found anything was because they were very much focused on the Tokyo area.
0: Nick stumbled across the manuscripts after buying a holiday house on Tebajima, a small island off the coast of Shikoku. But the manuscripts weren't buried in a wall or hidden in a box in the attic. Incredibly, they were on the internet on the website of the Tokushima
2: Prefectural Archive. The purchase didn't go smoothly and as I was waiting for it to go through, I had to look online for local history because I'm interested in that and I found an image of the boat and then I found another image, which was a map, which showed the boat moored literally 600 meters off my back, new back garden. The reason I got involved with translating them into English was as soon as I went into the archive, I met Tani San, who'd been the editor of the transcription and transliteration. We just immediately got along really well together. And her enthusiasm and her explanation of how the manuscript was this window into the Edo period uh, just fascinated me and I, I thought it was something that would be worthy of investing some time in.
0: William Swallow and his convict crew arrived at the height of Japan's isolation period, Sakoku, which lasted almost 200 years.
7: As European nations expanded into Asia, the shogun shut Japan off from the rest of the world.
3: All foreign vessels must be fired upon. Any foreigner who lands should be arrested or killed on site. Every interaction must be reported in the utmost detail.
5: At around 10 o'clock on the morning of the 7th January, 1830, the barbarian ship drops anchor 500 meters off the coast and tries to land six men ashore in a small boat. They are driven off with drums and musketoon fire. One of the men is seen crying and praying as officials wave them away. Later that afternoon, a local merchant provides the barbarian ship with some water and a large quantity of rice.
7: As we would later learn, the local people of this area didn't always do things the way the shogun wanted them to. And this willingness to defy the shogun, to do things their own way, is crucial to our story. Including the following account recorded by Hamaguchi.
5: On the late afternoon of the 8th January, some fishermen gave the crew some more water and, owing to high winds and rough weather, a storm arrives and the barbarian ship disappears for four days.
7: A few days later, the Cypress is seen further up the coast. Hamaguchi recorded an account from Sawaro, a local samurai, who rode out to see the barbarian ship for himself. The barbarian came to the front of the boat. As we got closer, they produced a bucket and asked for water and then showed us some firewood. We gave them what little we had. Then one of the Europeans offered us a picture of a woman, something wrapped in a twist of paper, and what appeared to be a gold-coated bell an object so beautiful that I could not contain my desire to hold it. We did not accept any of these things. But as I was returning the bell, it fell into the ocean and the crewmen became most angry, so we paddled off quickly.
0: What's on the agenda for today, Nick? Um, First, we're
2: gonna go and see the archive. uh, Quite often, the archive is part of um, a museum, like might be a reading room in a museum or it's part of
3: a library. My name is Takeshi Tokuno. I'm a director of the Tokushima Prefectural Archives. This was a big incident. So there are several manuscripts about this incident held in Tokushima. The Hamaguchi manuscript located here is one of them. It's illustrated, so it's very important.
2: Well, the drawings, if I'd have come across a page of text online describing this, I wouldn't have immediately kind of focused on it. I I don't think I'd have bothered to read it. The drawings are charming. They're very, very well done, and they immediately kind of, there's something to connect with.
5: The men had long, pointed noses, their eyes were big and blue, and their eyebrows red. Their hair was red, about nine centimeters long, and curly. Their beards were dark red, the pitch of their voices was mid-range. One of them opened his shirt, revealing a tattoo of a beautiful woman upon his left chest. Next, the skipper brought out a red coat to show us. This was a thing of great beauty and most colourful.
2: In the Hamaguchi manuscript, there is a picture of the captain swallow carving tobacco with a a penknife, a folding knife. Um, There's a picture of the ship. There's what Japanese traditionally called ezu, which is like a picture map. It's quite stylized, so it's not 100% accurate. There's some artistic license going on there. The map put the ship within 600 meters of my house, which was what got me very, very interested.
5: The skipper used a small knife to cut a length of dark red tobacco. He rolled it in his hand, then placed it in a suspicious-looking object sucked in and then breathe out
7: smoke.
0: The critical part of this story takes place when the cypress drops anchor near Tebajima, the small island where Nick Russell has his holiday house.
7: We board the ferry and take the short journey to Tebajima with Nick.
2: and we're in Mugi and Mugi is a small town and just off Mugi there's a little island called Tebajima and that's where we are on Tebajima Most of the men who live on Tebojima are former seamen. Um, so there's a certain romance as soon as you mention pirates. Um, some of the people on Tebojima are related to some of the samurai in the document. So there was a connection there and they're like, oh yeah, that's my wife's ancestor. Or, um, so yeah, there's, there's a general good feeling about the, about the story.
0: From the moment the cypress arrived, a military response had been brewing. And on the morning of the 16th of January, 1830, Senior Samurai Commander Yamauchi landed in Mugi to confront the foreign barbarian sailors.
7: Trying to avoid immediate conflict, Commander Yamauchi hatched a plan.
3: Disguise yourself as a fisherman. Get close to the barbarian ship and draw me a detailed picture of anything that looks like a weapon.
5: We hid our sores and dressed like a fisherman with hand towels around our heads. As we approached the barbarian ship, a dog wagged his tail and whined at us. It did not look like food. It looked like a pet. Some barbarians were painting the ship with tar. One was climbing the mast and another was mending the sail. All of them stopped work and looked at us. At first, we kept our distance. All of the men were wearing hats, most of leather, one of red cotton and another like a thatched farmer's hat. They were all wearing two to three buttoned layers of tightly woven wool fabric and long underwear made of leather. The skipper, who looked about 50, the others all looked more like 25 or 26, appeared to be giving instruction to the crew. When we removed our hand towels from our heads, the men, in what appeared to be a mark of respect, removed their hats, revealing balding heads. They lined the side of the boat and with both hands open, indicated that they were 10 in number. One man brought out a bucket and saying, Peace, peace, peace," and pointing to his mouth, rubbing his chest. They exchanged words amongst themselves, like birds twittering. Next, one of them brought out a big glass of what appeared to be alcohol and indicated that we should drink it. We declined by waving our hands. They then pass it around, one by one, tapping their heads as they drank, indicating the good feeling it brought them. They finished the lot. We saw not a single weapon.
0: Incredibly, William Swallow's testimony in an English court a year later seems to confirm many details in samurai artist Hamaguchi's record of the 1830 encounter.
6: I brought the ship up here and the boat came alongside with a Japan chief in her and by what I could understand, by his motions and signs, he wanted a letter to inform him what we wanted and that a Dutchman would interpret the same. I wrote a letter which was shown around the prisoners in which they demanded wood and water.
3: Don't accept anything from the barbarians. Return that letter immediately.
7: Commander Yamauchi and Commander Mima began to make preparation to repulse the Cyprus. Commander Yamauchi was clear in his orders.
3: Take a cannonball out to the ship and tell them that if they do not leave immediately, we will fire on them and reduce them to matchwood.
6: The Japan chief made signs to us and gave not to understand that unless we went off before the sunset, they would fire into us. We got the anchor up aboard. 50 boats opened fire upon us, as well as the fort.
5: On Tebajima Island, the gunner Ikenoji lit the fuse of his two-pounder cannon and fired. It sounded like a thunderclap, followed by an eerie screeching noise as the deeply pitted iron ball flew between the two masts of the barbarian ship. The first shots were fired to the left and the right of the brig. And this seemingly endless barrage of tens of shots continued. Then finally the barbarian ship weighed anchor and spread all her sails. about this time, their feudal overseer, Hayami, realized it was a British ship and became extremely angry. Commander Mima ordered fire to be directed at the waterline, where the ship was lined with Kupa. Two cannonballs hit and shook the ship badly.
6: They opened fire upon us and we received a shot between wind and water. One
5: or two barbarians' crew were lying on the deck, possibly killed or injured. The others turned towards Commander Yamauchi's boat. All removed their hats and appeared to be praying. Roar, men. Roar. Out on the water, Roar, men. the Roar. samurai heard the barbarian shout out, row BIN, row BIN, row! The musketeer Nishizawa threatened the crew with his big gun. The barbarians looked worried and cried out in fear. Peace! Peace! Some of them pointed to their signs and fell down praying. We took this to mean that one of Nishizawa's musketoon balls had reached its mark and taken a life. The barbarians blew into cupped hands indicating that the wind was no good.
6: It was a dead calm and we were compelled to remain some time.
5: Commander Yamauchi asked his boatman when the wind might change and was told that later off Mugi Cove there would be an onshore breeze. Commander Yamauchi shared this information with the barbarians and they turned the brig across the wind. We noticed a crew bailing water from the hole made by Ikenochi's cannonball. One man reported seeing another cannonball hole where water was going in. As dusk fell, a strange begaling pipe and singing could be heard. The sound was like that of a child's penny whistle. Nothing like that real flute. It was eerie. Finally, the offshore breeze arrived from the mountain behind Mugi and carried the barbarian ship off back out to sea.
7: Of all the places Swallow and his convict crew could have ended up, their ship just happened to land in a remote part of Japan, a place occupied by fiercely independent islanders, curious, receptive people.
0: There were many arrivals by sea in Japan during the isolation period. This visit of the Cyprus was unique because, in this instance, no lives were lost.
2: It had been kind of erased from community memory to some degree, but the people who knew about it and the families that were linked to it, I don't know, I I got the feeling that there was a feeling of relief that the ship hadn't sunk because of the acts of Japanese people.
6: At seven o'clock, the ceased firing and a breeze springing off the land, we got underway. I was desired to steer within 100 miles of Canton, where there, the prisoners, said they would destroy the ship to get rid of her to avoid
0: apprehension as pirates. Ever since William Swallow and his convict crew made their bold escape to liberty, they had luck and circumstance on their side.
7: But whether these pirate sailors could free themselves from the British jailers forever would really test their fate and good fortune.
1: One of the things that you've got to remember is that the Cyprus was not just a vessel, it was also a prison have a jailbreak in which you actually end up stealing the prison in which you've been incarcerated in is quite a thing. To capture the mutineers stroke pirates, news of the event had to be broadcast right the way across the empire meant that the failure of the colonial regime was also advertised very widely. very, very important for both the authorities in London and those in the colonies that those who participated in this event were held to account.
6: Although some discrepancy may arise in my account as to the date of this attack and the number of convicts on board, to the best of my belief and knowledge, the main points are true. And this I solemnly and seriously, in the presence of God, swear to be the case. Your humble servant, William Swallow.
1: Somebody was going to swing for the piracy of the Cyprus, and they would swing in spectacular fashion.
4: Well, the brig Cypress may have escaped hostile Japanese waters in 1830, but with a hole in her hull from a cannonball, how long could the convict crew stay afloat? You'll have to listen to the second part of Through Samurai Eyes next time on the History Listen, when we head to Tasmania to investigate the shady history of convict William Swallow, the man who led the Cypress and her motley crew east to the uncertain future. Thanks to historian Nick Russell. Through Samurai Eyes was produced by Tim Stone and Aya Hatano. The sound engineer was Angie Grant and I'm Kirsty Melville. Thanks for your company. Catch you next time.
0: You've been listening to an ABC podcast.